Good morning. How you doing, church? You good this morning? Good. Well, before we jump in this morning, I do want to look on the other side of that screen and say a hello to those of us that may be joining us online, or maybe you're joining us from CCNO, our jail campus, or Belize Central Prisons, or one of the prisons there. We believe in you. You are church family. Come on, church. Help it welcome our family today. Love y'all. Well, I get to bring the final message in our series called God First. And it's been an amazing series. And, and the whole point of the, this series has been twofold. It's been meant to show us what's the mission of Experience Church, this body that we're a part of. If you call this church home, you want to know what does that mean? What's our mission? What's God called us to be as a church? But also, what is your spiritual growth process look like? How do you grow spiritually personally? And that's what we've been talking about in this series. And in fact, we know that our mission here is we exist to connect people to a God first life. And that's why we called this series God first. And there's four methods we use for our spiritual growth around here. And you've probably heard these before, and we've been going through them week by week. The first one is we want to know God. And we wanna help people know God. That's why we do our services like we do and the outreaches that we do. We wanna know God. Then we wanna find freedom. That even after we know God, there's a moment where we get free from some habits and some stuff that we've been living in for a, quite a while. And we need to break free from those things. So we want to find freedom. We want to discover purpose. We talked about that last weekend, that we are all made with a unique purpose and call on our life. And our job is to discover what it is and then use it by the fourth and final one. And that is to make a difference. And today I get to talk about that one. How do we make a difference. In fact, I titled this message today, Living a Life That God Rewards. Don't you want to live a life that God rewards? I was thinking about that this week and praying over the message this week, and I was reminded about a moment in my life. It was around eight or nine years ago, something that happened to me. In fact, we were at a conference, Kyle and I, it was a church conference, and then some other staff were with us, and we were all there. It was an art conference, and then we were going to be going home the next day, and every time that Kyle and I travel, I always take an empty carry-on with me for one purpose, and that is to fill it with gifts for my kids when I go home. I don't want them crying every time I leave. And so I basically bribe them by bringing them something home every time I leave. And so I always take a carry on this empty bag that my whole purpose of it is I'm going to put a few things in it when I go home and take home to the kids. And so what um, that year, that time, my son, my oldest had this gift he really wanted. He had been begging for it for weeks. He had to have it and he kept asking for it. And so I told Kyle the last day before we were to leave, I said, we've got to go find that gift. It'll be such an exciting surprise for Jace. And so we spent all night, our last night, going from store to store, shop to shop. We put a lot of effort and energy and we went all over the city to find this one particular gift that my son had to have that I could not wait to give him. And then we spent way more than we should have on this one gift, but we found the gift. And so I did what I planned to do and that is that night I stuffed all those gifts for my daughter and my son into my carry-on bag. Well, the next morning we had to leave. We had a 5, 5.30 flight. So you can imagine how early we had to get up to get to the airport. And, I, and so I grabbed my carry-on and off we went to the airport. And we stopped by the ticket counter like you do when you're gonna fly somewhere. They have to make sure that you have a ticket that's been paid for and that you have the proper ID to even get in the airport. So we did that. And then we went to the TSA checkpoint. 
Now that's where the security checks your bags, make sure you you're, you're, have everything you should and, and send you on into the airport. And so I remember I threw my carry-on up on the belt that's gonna go through the checkpoint. And we were standing there, it was a long line because a lot of people were flying out and we were in Jacksonville that morning. And I'm waiting in the long line when all of the sudden, all Hades breaks loose. Suddenly, these red sirens start going off all over the airport. Suddenly, they start slamming gates, all these metal gates down so that nobody could go anywhere. We start to hear all the officers, the TSA officers shout and yell, nobody move, do not put your hands in your pocket, do not move and do not touch anything. And they're shouting and they're yelling and we're all standing here, it was pure silence. And there was a lady next to me and I remember looking at that lady and she's, and I remember there had been some shootings recently in airports and I, I said to her, I remember saying to her, I hope there's not a shooter here they're protecting us from. And then we stayed for just a few more minutes and, and then she says to me, I bet somebody put drugs in their bag. And I remember saying, well, that would be dumb. Why would you try to bring it in your carry-on? And now we're standing there and all of a sudden we see the officers start to move. And this one officer starts to walk. And this officer starts to walk in our direction. So in my head, as, as she gets closer and closer, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, wow, she's, she's gonna take this lady. It's been this lady the whole time. And I remember I start to turn to the side and scoot out of the way so she could take the obvious person. And about that time, that officer stands directly face to face with me. And I remember thinking, there is no way I caused all of this. <laughs> and I remember her saying to me, ma'am, do you have something in your bag that we should know about? And I remember saying to her, I don't have any drugs. It's just something I drink to make me feel good. And I'm thinking, no, no. Because I had some powder and energy drink in there. I remembered that. And she said, ma'am, do you have something harmful in your bag, like a weapon? And I'm processing as fast as I can. What in the world? And, and I just remember telling her, no, I mean, I have toys and I have stuffed animals. And then it dawns on me what I had packed in my carry-on that particular day, because you remember my son just had to have a very special gift. And why do y'all act like you would have known better? <laughs> I, I hadn't even considered or thought that this should not go in your carry-on. And I remember I said to her, I do have a gun, but it's my son's. <laughs> and then I said, it's not real. It's not, I, I forgot about. And I remember she just, she just said to me, ma'am, put your hands behind your back. Sure enough, put my hands behind my back. She put the cuffs on me and started to haul me off to where I did not know where we were going, but I figured it probably wasn't good. And she starts to haul me off and I remember looking down, realizing I had an experienced church shirt on. And then I'm pretty sure I heard one of the other staff yell, she's a pastor. And I know I heard Kyle yell, I'm not going back. I don't know her. And they took me back to a metal cell, a little metal room, and they locked me up and left me in the handcuffs. 
And time went by and I sat there processing all that had just happened with a lot of feelings. They eventually did let me go and after they gave me a good talking to that there were signs everywhere that should have explained to me that anything that looked like a gun, which this did, should have not been in my carry-on. They wrote me a hefty fine and then they did let me go on into the airport. And I remember all the emotions I felt that day. I felt worried, I felt scared, I felt chaotic. Most of all, I felt regret and frustration. If I could go back, I would have done that one differently. Most of all, I thought I spent all that time, energy and effort and money on something I didn't even get to take with me. I didn't even get to take it. I thought about that this week. And I thought, how many of us are living our life in a way that we spend all of our time, money, energy, effort on things that we aren't going to get to take with us. I don't know if you know this, there's checkpoints in heaven. There's TSA waiting for us in heaven. Now that's not theologically correct, but metaphorically speaking, so let me show you some of the verses because there is this day where we're gonna get checked. What was life like on earth? And what are you trying to bring with you? And so let me show it to you in the scriptures. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 10 says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Romans chapter 14, verses 10 through 12 says this, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account, there it is, to God. First Corinthians chapter three, verses 13 through 15. Each one's work will become manifest for the day. I love it says that there's going to be a day. There's a day that we stand before the Lord. We'll disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. And if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer, suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Matthew chapter 16, last verse, Matthew chapter 16, verse 27 says this, for the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels. And then here it is, he will reward each person according to what they have done. I want you to catch the drift. That day is meant to be a day of joy and rewarding where we stand before God in account to what we've done with our life on earth. And Jesus's goal, his hope, his desire is that he's rewarding us. That word reward, every time you see it there in those scriptures, it's this Greek word, adididomai. It means to pay back. Think about it for a minute. Every time I give to serve someone else, Jesus is gonna pay me back. Every time I spend time serving other people, Jesus is going to pay me back. Every time I endure the hardship, the sickness, the trial, Jesus has every plan on that day to pay me back. He wants to pay me back for the things that I invest here on earth. And so here's the question I want all of us to grapple with today. Here's the question, the big moment, the question that I am called to prepare us for today. 
And here it is, it's this. Is my life making a difference on earth that can be rewarded in heaven? Is my life making such a difference on earth that on that day, Jesus is gonna be excited to pay me back? That's what we're here today to find out and to make sure of. I, I wrote this down. What I do for myself will stay on earth. But what I do for others, it will show up in heaven. And so Jesus cared about teaching his disciples that same principle and preparing them for that day. Jesus's mission was to make sure that they knew if they could make a difference on earth, it would be rewarded in heaven. In fact, let me show you just one of the many parables he taught his disciples to prepare them for this very thing. It comes from Matthew chapter 25. You might recognize if you've read your Bible ever, you may have heard this parable before, but I want you to read it with fresh eyes today. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 19. And Jesus told the story like this. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. That's Jesus. He called together his servants and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Now the servant who had received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and he earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and he earned two more. But the servant who had received the one bag of silver, he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. And after a long time, their master returned from his trip and he called them to give an account for how they had used his money. Three questions I want us to ask ourselves from this parable. Remember, we're trying to find out, am I living a life on this earth making such a difference that Jesus will get to reward me on that day? That's the question I'm asking. So three questions from this parable we can ask ourselves. The first one is this, am I a servant of Jesus? Look back, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. It said, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and he entrusted them with his money to use while he was gone. In other words, those that were his servants are who got called together and he entrusted things to them. And so I'm asking myself and I want you to ask yourself, am I a servant of Jesus? Now, partially by that question, I mean, do you know Jesus? It is the number one thing. Remember when I said I had to stop by the ticket counter to make sure that my ticket had been paid for before I got to go even to the checkpoint? Heaven's a little bit like that. There's this moment that we're gonna stand before God and he's gonna ask, who paid for your sins? And if I don't know Jesus, what I'm saying by that is, I choose to pay for them myself. And you need to know, what you need to understand is that's what hell is all about. It's not a place that bad people go, it's a place that people that choose to pay for their own sins themselves will go to pay for that sin. But if I know God, if I know Jesus, what I'm saying is, I choose to let Jesus pay for my sin. You see, the, the thing is that he, I wrote this in my notes, Jesus gave his life for me and I now live my life for him. Am I a servant? Do I know Jesus? But can I just tell you that's only one side of it. Let me read you a verse and maybe it's the most, um, it's the scariest verse in all of scripture. Matthew chapter seven. Verses 21 through 23 says this. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? I showed up at a church service. Did I not drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? And then Jesus says, I will, I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. So the question isn't just, do you know Jesus? The question is, does Jesus know you? Does he know you? Now, I know we know the answer to that. Of course he does. But I'm saying, have you become such a servant? I've surrendered my life to him. I serve Jesus. Jesus didn't come to the earth to be served. He came to serve. He set the example for us. And I'm a servant of Jesus. When Jesus calls his servants together, I know that I'm one of them. I've confessed with my mouth. I believe with my heart, but I also live my life in surrender to him. So the first question is, am I a servant of Jesus? Here's the second question we can ask ourselves this morning. And it's this number two. What have I been given and how am I using it? Go back to the passage, Matthew chapter 25, verse 15 says this. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then he left on his trip. In other words, everybody who was a servant was given something. We've all been given something. It may be in different proportions, but we've all been given something, the scripture tells us. And then it goes on, verses 16 through 19, and it says, the servant who received the five bags of silver and other versions say, immediately went to work and began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver sat on it, didn't use it to make a difference, held it, hid it, placed it, he dug a hole in the ground and he hid the master's money. And after a long time, their master returned from this trip and called them to give account of how they had used that money. In other words, we've all been given something. How are we using it? And are we using it to make a difference? Because two of the servants used it to make a difference. One of them had all the excuses of why they didn't. And they would go, he, this, this one servant would go on to give the excuses of why, and we all have a reason. I'm busy. I don't have a lot. My proportion was smaller than someone else's. I have a lot of trials people don't understand. We all have a reason, but the question is, what have I been giving and how am I using it? And so let me give you four things that we've all been giving, the Bible, been given, the Bible tells us. And it even tells us how to use it to make a difference. The first thing that we've all been given, different proportions, but we all have it, and that's this, talents. And these are all gonna start with T because that's what a good preacher does. <laughs> talents, that's your skills, your abilities, your spiritual gifts. We all have them. And then 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 tells us how to use it. It says this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. In other words, if I'm not serving people, I'm not serving God. We have to be super careful about this one. I've heard people tell me, and I know they, they have the gift of worship and they have a voice and they could sing. 
and they'll tell me I serve God at home in my living room. Now, I think you should sing your praises to God, but I'm just asking. According to 1 Peter chapter 4, it says that gift should be used to serve someone else. It wasn't for you. And God, he, he likes it. He doesn't need it. But if I serve someone else with the gifts that I've been given, I'm making a difference that can be rewarded in heaven. I, and that's why here at Experience Church, we do Connect Track. We have a three-step class that you can go to to discover what gifts have you been given. What did God equip you with and how can you use it? Because sometimes it's good to get around other people and, and just hash out, what is it that I could have been given? What are my talents, my gifts? What, what do I do with these skills that I have? How can I use them to glorify Jesus? That's the question. And Connect Track helps you do that. And today you can go at 1030 right after this service today. And then next weekend is the discover your purpose step. And that's where you're gonna take a gifts test. You're gonna find out what has God equipped you with and what you have to figure out is how do you use it to serve others? How do you use it to make a difference? I was thinking about Jesus because Jesus, again, he came to serve, not be served. And Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords came to earth and began to serve others. You know, I, you know what I think? I think G, if Jesus were here, by the way, he is, but you understand what I mean. If he were here in person, I think he would wanna serve in the children's department. Just by what I read in scripture, that would be his favorite place. He always wanted to be with the children. He rebuked his disciples when they tried to keep the children from him. He'd wanna serve in the children's department. I, I was even thinking of my own when I came to church every week, but still left unfulfilled until one particular day when somebody came to me and they said to me, you have some gifts, we can see them. You should be using them to serve in the kids ministry. And I remember that did something to me and from the moment I started to use my gifts, instead of just coming to receive, I began to give. And when I did, my entire life changed. My whole relationship with Jesus began to flourish. Why? Because I was now the steward that was investing and in using the gifts that God had been given me. I was a servant of Jesus and now I realized what he gave me and how I could use it to make a difference. And I began to serve in that children's ministry. And I feel like somebody's gonna feel that call today. Man, it's exciting to serve the kids of Experience Church. In fact, can we just thank all of the kids workers? I just wanna encourage you. It changed my life to serve in that position. It was my greatest honor. Y'all are okay, but you're kind of opinionated. They're nice back in the kids. They don't judge me by what I say. But I'm just saying, I asked actually our children's director, she's gonna be at the Connections area after service today. And if you feel the stir that God's given you those gifts, use them and invest in the future of Experience Church. Stop by and talk to her. She'll give you information or at the least, would you just stop by and say thank you? Thank you for investing like that. Man, I'm, I'm excited for what God's gonna do, but we've all been given talents. The question is, how are you using them? We've all also been given treasure. This is our, our money, our resource, our possessions. And the Bible says this of how to use it to make a difference. First Timothy chapter six, verses 18 through 19 says, tell them to use their money to do good, 
They should be rich in good works and they should give happily to those in need, always ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity, the Bible says. Now, many of you have heard about investing our money for an ROI, a return on investment. But what this scripture is saying, you can get an EROI, an eternal return on investment, if you invest it the right way. And that's why we tithe. We're obeying God with the tithe. Why? Because he's placed it in my hand. It's his, not mine. I'm the servant. He's the master. And I return it so that he can bless it. And I'm laying up treasure in heaven. I'm telling you, there's coming a day when I will stand before Jesus and he's gonna say, what did you do with everything I gave you? What'd you pack? (laughs) What'd you bring with you? And it will not be a cap gun. (laughs) And I'm gonna say, man, I gave to that single mom. I invested in the tithe into the storehouse that fed me the word of God. I gave in the legacy offering in December so that we could plant churches in other nations and build dream centers and build workforce programs and feed the hungry. I invested it. And Jesus on that day is gonna say, well done, I'm gonna pay you back. We've all been given treasure. The question is, how are we using it? We've also all been given time. Titus chapter three, verse 14 says, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs. And here it is, and not live unproductive lives. If I'm really honest, this one might be the one that we can get the most wasteful with. The Bible says don't live unproductive lives. Some of us are really active and we think that counts, but it's not productive. I'm talking about kingdom producing. So you can be active and not fruitful. You can be active and not productive. You could be active and not laying up treasure in heaven. And so I just challenge us to look at our time because there's no reward for me in heaven for all the time I scrolled Instagram and watched all the funny reels. Nothing wrong with that if you use your time for that. I'm simply saying this one is the one I was challenged the most of this week. I wanted to find every place that I was unproductive in my time where I I decided I was too busy to serve someone else. Think about Jesus and all the demands on his life. It says in his last 40 days on the earth before he ascended back to heaven after he resurrected, he spent that entire time. Can you imagine all the things he probably thought he should be getting done? He's leaving in 40 days. And yet it says he took time to make breakfast for the disciples on the shore. Had it ready for them when they showed up from fishing. Sat down with the disciples and had a conversation and poured into them. He took time to go to his friend's house to break bread with them and teach them and spend time with them and encourage them. He took time to stop and pray for the sick. He took somewhere in Jesus, the one who had more demands than you and I will ever understand, who was more misunderstood than ever you and I will ever be still knew how to use his time for the reward of heaven, for the building of the kingdom. And I think that we can too. You've been given time, I've been given time. How are we using it? Here's the final T this morning, and it's this. We've all been given a testimony. First Peter chapter three, verse 15 says this, but in your hearts, 
honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that is in you and do it with gentleness. In other words, we all have a story to tell of how Christ changed us. If you don't, I hope you do by the end of this message. But we all have a testimony. We all have influence. We all have words to give. And the Bible says that we should be ready and willing to give a reason for the hope that we have. How did you make it through that doctor diagnosis? Jesus. How did you make it through that relational problem? Jesus. How did you make it through getting fired at work? Jesus. How did you make it through when your kids were off and you didn't know if they were going to come back to the house of the Lord? Jesus. I have a testimony. You have a testimony. And we're to be very generous with giving it to others. And I just want to encourage it and let it stir up within us. How do we use our testimony for a kingdom difference? We can do a lot of things, but if we don't do it in the name of Jesus, it doesn't have a kingdom impact. I can feed a lot of people, but if I don't feed them in the name of Jesus, so what? They just live longer without him. So we all have a testimony. How are we using it? I remember just a couple weeks ago, I was standing right out in the lobby hearing a gentleman's story and his wife had recently passed away from a terrible disease and he had such hope. And I remember him looking at me and he said to me, when we looked around that room, all we saw were all the people my wife had led to the Lord. She led that one to the Lord and that one to the Lord and that one to the Lord and that one to the Lord. And right in that moment, we realized she's healed and whole and we see what she left on earth. It was a testimony that keeps on living. That's what I want my life to be. And I know it's yours too. Are we making a difference on earth that can be rewarded in heaven? So here's the final question we can grapple with today. And it's this, number three, what will Jesus say to me on that day? There is a day and we are all going to meet it. What will Jesus say to you on that day? Let me show it to you. We'll close with the rest of that passage. Matthew chapter 25, verses 20 through 28. It says this, the servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest. You gave me time and you gave me treasure. You gave me a testimony. You gave me some talents to invest. And I did my best. I used every bit of it to try to make a difference, Master, he says. And I've earned five more. And the master was full of praise. And he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. And so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Come, let's celebrate together. And the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, master, you gave me two bags of silver. You gave me a different proportion, but I had the same things and I used it the best I could. I tried to make a difference with it. And he said, master, you gave me these two bags and I've earned two more. And the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount and now I will give you many more responsibilities. Come on, let's celebrate together. And then the servant with the one bag of silver came and he said, master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops where you didn't plant and gathering crops where you didn't cultivate. And I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here, here's your money back. In other words, man, some things came up. 
I wasn't sure. I didn't know how. I wasn't sure how you'd respond. It seemed like others had a lot more. It seemed like nobody understood what I was going through. It seemed like I wasn't even sure you were for me. I wasn't sure, so I just kept it, hid it, buried it. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. Now, let me pause there because you can, sucks the air out of you a little bit in that moment. Remember, they're all servants, <laughs> right? You understand that? Well, this is a follower. And so in this moment, I had to look up the original language. When Jesus said, you wicked and lazy servant, that word lazy, it means this, to hesitate. Here's what Jesus was saying. Why did you hesitate? What made you hesitate? What made you stop short? What made you hide it? Why did you hesitate? And then he gets a little sarcastic. I mean, if you thought I was that way, if you thought I, I took the, what I didn't plant and I gathered what I didn't cultivate, you could have at least deposited it in the bank and I could have got something on it. You could have done anything else but bury it, is what he's saying. Like, just give it a try. Anything is better than just burying it. Anything is better than you just burying your life and choosing to do nothing. Why did you hesitate? And then he says this, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. And he says this to us, to those who use well what they're given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But those who do nothing, even what they have will have to be taken away. What will Jesus say to you on that day? Will it be well done, my good and faithful servant? Or will it be, why did you hesitate? What held you back? You see, at the end of our life, there's gonna be a two question test. It's all over the Bible. Two questions we're all going to answer. The first one is this. What did you do with my son? And I hope that you can answer like I'm gonna answer on that day. And that is, I knew him and he knew me. I was a servant of Jesus. The second question will be asked is, what did you do with what I gave you? And I wanna answer, I made a difference with it. I used it to make a difference. And on that day, Jesus will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now come and enjoy with the master. Would you pray with me this morning? Well, there's two questions and I wanna help us prepare for them today. The first question is, what did you do with my son? And so I wanna say to those of us in the room, maybe you're watching online, and if you'd say, I have not surrendered my life to Jesus. I'm not sure that I could be called a servant of Jesus. Meaning I've never confessed with my mouth and believed in my heart that Jesus was Lord. Meaning I've never fully surrendered my life to Him. And if that's you, this is a moment to not pass by. 
We never know when the moment is gonna come that I'm standing before him. None of us are guaranteed anything, but I can guarantee this moment to you that you can profess him as your Lord and Savior and become a part of his family in the kingdom of a God for eternity. And if that's you and that's the decision you wanna make today, would you just lift your hand in the air and I'm gonna pray a prayer right over you and with you today. And so if your hand's lifted, just pray this in your heart today. Today, Jesus, I choose you. I give you my life, all of it. I repent of my sin. And now would you forgive me of it? I pray you would fill me with your spirit and you would show me how to use my life to serve you for the rest of my days. I receive you now. Thank you for paying for my sin and I will rejoice with you in heaven forever. In Jesus' mighty name. You can put your hand down for a minute. And now for those of you that you just say, God's stirring something in you through this message and there's something he's shown you that you wanna use to make a difference with. Or you don't even know what it is, but you want on that day to be able to say to Jesus, I used what you gave me to make a difference. If that's you and you need the Holy Spirit's help in this moment, just lift your hand. If you wanna be known as a difference maker, if you wanna be known on that day that your life was lived in such a way on earth that you could be rewarded in heaven. Right now, here we are, God, your sons and your daughters, your servants. And we say, would you show us what you've given us? If there's anything that you've entrusted to us that we've buried for far too long, would you dig it up for us now? Would you reveal it and expose it now? And Father, I pray that you would help us to use wisely our time and our treasure and our talents and our testimony I pray that you would show us how to use those things and invest them on earth so that others can know who you are in their life too. And then we look forward to hearing those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. So we receive your spirit now, guide us now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, give some praise to Jesus right now.